The AFC Championship game is so big, we required two separate recording sessions with our beat writers and columnists to get it all covered. So, on today's Sports Beat KC, the KC Stars daily sports podcast, hosted by me, Blair Kirkhoff, you'll hear from beat writers Herbie Tiope and Jesse Newell. They'll break down the game from both sides and offer paths to victory. Then you'll hear from columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell. Same spirit of conversation, with a little more of a broader view. It's a long listen, at least by our standards anyway. So let's get started. You guys, uh, final countdown. This is the last conversation we'll have before Chiefs Bengals in the AFC Championship game on Sunday. So I just, let's get some conclusions here. Um, uh, Herbie, you do keys to the game. Jesse, you do a predicted score. I don't know if either has been published at the, you know, by the time we're talking. I'm going to assume they have because we're going to talk about both of those. Herbie, let, let's start with just, just, I already read it, so uh, I know what you wrote, but I want you to um, uh, to explain what two or three of the top keys to this game are. Yeah, first and foremost, obviously, Mahomes is right ankle. You know, he practiced fully on Wednesday and Thursday, much to the surprise of us. Uh, we're talking about a high ankle sprain, and three days later, he's on the field doing everything. But his right ankle is going to be watched closely, not just by us or the Chiefs, but also the Bengals. You got to remember, Mahomes is arguably he is at his best. He's the most creative when he's scrambling out of the pocket. You know, you think about that no look pass to Jerick McKinnon uh, in week in December against the Broncos. You think about the spinning pass against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All of that came on scrambles to the right side of the line of scrimmage. But if he's limited in any way. The tackles have to step up. Orlando Brown, as well as Andrew Wiley, got to protect him because you've got Trey Hendrickson on that other side there that I'm sure if, if he senses that Mahomes can't scramble, it's like a shark in the water. There's going to be blood in the water, and he's going to get after him. The other thing that I think is huge is the Chiefs have to be aware of that two-headed monster that the Bengals like to roll out with Joe Mixon and, and uh, Sam J. Perrine. Sam J. Let me let me uh, let me stop you. Let me stop you, because I remember him at Oklahoma very well. Yeah, me too, Blair. When he set the all-time rushing record against Kansas, <laughs> so I know his name. It's Samaj P. Ryan. So yeah. uh, there we go. <laughs> not, do not forget the name, Herbie. Uh, setting an all-time college football record for rushing in a game I covered: Oklahoma versus Kansas. Four well, six, it's I believe it was. You gonna cut all that out? <laughs> <laughs> I'll mark the time. <laughs> But you know what, though, because he's owned the Chiefs in the last two games, he's faced them a touchdown in the AFC Championship game, 155 total yards of scrimmage in, in, in the game they played in December. So he's a guy they got to watch, not just Mixon, but also him. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, wasn't it 406? Uh, was that the number they settled on? <laughs> it was over 400, and he left the game with 12 minutes to go in the fourth <laughs> quarter. So Oklahoma <laughs> took mercy on Kansas. and. The craziest part about that whole, I mean, it was already crazy. There was a lightning delay. I remember we were killing time in the press box because there was a lightning delay in the game. But I think the craziest part about all this was Clint Bowen had the inside track to be Kansas's next coach. He was the interim coach at the time. He was their defensive coordinator. Guess what? You cannot hire the defensive coordinator if they allow the number one rushing game in, in college football history against your team when you're serving as the interim coach. So that pretty much sunk his chances. Yeah. Hey, Herbie, the other thing I think about um, with with Mahomes, 
mobility may be, you know, curtailed, and I just think we have to assume that it's going to be, is it just seems like a lot of the Chiefs' red zone success comes from Mahomes' mobility in the red zone, you know, and then, you know, extending plays, elongating the plays, and and then just like his touchdown pass against the Jaguars uh, to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he, you know, a little room in the pocket, he moves up, he jumps um, and throws the six-yard touchdown pass. A lot of Mahomes' success in the red zone doesn't come from just standing in the pocket and finding somebody. It's from being his you know, his creative self in there. And I, I, I can't help but think that that's, that's another place to really focus on his, uh, his potentially limited mobility. Yeah, and you think about some of those sidearm passes that he comes up with. The shovel passes underneath. Those shovel passes are set up. He takes it, takes a snap out of shotgun and then rolls to his right and then pitches it underneath. So I don't know how they're going to be able to do all that if he's limited in that fashion, as you mentioned. I'll tell you, Jesse, I, 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 was, I was fascinated by the story you wrote this week about the, the changing odds uh, on, on this game and how they've fluctuated. I've never seen anything quite like that. Um, uh, and it's all, it all has to do with Mahomes and the injury and the information that Herbie and you and others are you know, providing. I was stunned when I read that a, a bookmaker said the, the health of Mahomes is worth nine, up to nine points in a, is, that is, that's crazy to me. Well, and that's the extreme example. Yeah. Uh, Jay Cornegay from Westgate uh, super sport, or yeah, I see the super book uh, out in Westgate. They have the biggest one out there, but then they're like everybody else. They're expanding. Uh, they have now different sports books in seven States with all the online stuff going on. But yeah, he said that uh, if Mahomes are fully healthy, he'd have the Chiefs as a four to four and a half point favorite at home against the Bengals. If Mahomes did not play at all, he'd have the Bengals as a five point favorite. So he says the extreme examples when you get from a, a top quarterback to a backup are between seven and 10 points. And it just speaks to what we always talk about, which is the NFL quarterback or college football quarterback or whatever quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. And that's why you've seen this line fluctuate. I think part of this too, Blair, is recency bias, to be completely honest with you, because the Bengals were gangbusters last week against the Bills. And we don't really remember because of that, that the week before they were pretty mediocre against the Ravens and pretty lucky, honestly, to be able to advance past that game even though it was at home. So uh, Bengals looked great last week. Chiefs looked so-so, obviously, uh, along with the Mahomes injury. The Bengals covered their their spread easily. The Chiefs did not. So I think recency bias snuck into that line where it started out as Chiefs by three. It moved all the way to Bengals by two and a half. Now it's back to Chiefs by one. I think some uh, saner heads are prevailing here. And whoever got it at, at, you know, Bengals by two and a half, if you took the Chiefs side, you probably got yourself a pretty good deal. I'll tell you, I, I can't help but think, though, that that Ravens game was a, th- a third meeting. And uh, in third meetings, the teams know each other so well, uh, quite a rock fight. I think, look, if the Chargers had beaten the Jaguars, that, you know, uh, the Chargers Chiefs playoff game would have been a, um, you know, a, a fourth quarter game, maybe a last possession game like the regular season games were between these two teams. I, I can't get out of my head just how impressive the the Bengals were at Buffalo last week and um, the the two seed, right? And they just, Cincinnati goes up there and wins every possession, every phase of the game. And that's probably more than, uh, or as much as the Mahomes injury is influencing my thinking about this game, uh, that Cincinnati's on a roll. They're they're just... um, uh, they're just playing great football right now. 
the three and O thing. Uh, they just seem to have a whammy on the Chiefs. So, what um, uh, what's it going to take? I mean, what what why with with the with the with, with the Bengals winning the previous three games? Um, I don't know if we can say they've completely outplayed the Chiefs, but they've won the games. Chiefs have had the lead in the fourth quarter of all three of the losses. So what? What is it? What, what what is it about the Bengals that that has bothered the Chiefs so much? I did another stat that since the since the regular season loss in 2021, that 34 to 31 game, the Chiefs are 17 and two uh, against everyone else, and they're 0 and three against the Bengals. So, Herbie, what is it about this Bengals team that um, uh, that, that just bothers the Chiefs? I think they match up well. Number one, and and I think the other thing too is this is a confident brash Bengals team. You're, you're, you're talking about a lot of players who are still in their rookie deal. Their leader is under a rookie deal and Joe Burrow as well as Jamar Chase. And I don't know how I can say this, but they just don't give an F. <laughs> you know, it's, that's the way they take it. And then look at how they went into Buffalo. That was impressive. They were a bully in that game. They punched the Bills in the mouth. And then I just thought that was a very impressive win for them. And that's how they approach it. I think also in the playoffs, they feel kind of slighted by the National Football League. You know, they were upset about this projected coin toss. I like how Joe Burrow subtweeted the NFL. I guess you guys better get your refunds. Because the NFL, you know, was promoting this ASC championship game in Atlanta that just never happened. And, that, you know, they're they're slighted. They're kind of motivated. Are they in the Chiefs' head? I don't think that's plays too much into it because these are professional athletes we're talking about here. That, that kind of stuff should not bother them. Uh, but Bengals, for one reason or another, like you said, they've had the Chiefs' number. Jesse, you picked them. You picked the Chiefs um, to win and – to cover, assuming they come off as as a favorite here. Um, so, what are in your mind? What are some of the things that the Chiefs have to do differently in this game? Who has to step up? Who hasn't stepped up? Um, you know, Mahomes hasn't had bad games against the Bengals, uh, but but Burroughs had better games against the Chiefs. So, what has to happen? Yeah, first off, you know the three wins in a row. You talked about that, Blair. Uh, you go back to win probability graphs of each of those games, the Chiefs were at 75% or better in all of the fourth quarters of those games. Wow. So this is not some completely dominating performance where we're just looking and going, oh my gosh, the Bengals just overwhelmed the Chiefs. It has been big plays in the fourth quarter that Joe Burrow has made and the Chiefs have not. You know, look at Travis Kelsey's fumble. We look at some of the struggles Mahomes had in the AFC Championship game, which I think we all would consider his worst half of his professional career. We just kind of lost his mind a little bit last year. So, um, you know, Bengals had that crazy comeback in Cincinnati last year when they did this sort of thing. So uh, I, I don't I don't see as much as a hex. You know, we were talking about this. You're talking about the rational numbers guy here. And, you know, we know if you flip a coin, 50 50, it's going to be heads or tails. If you flipped a coin three times and it came up heads three times, you wouldn't say that the coin was broken or that, uh, you know, it's craziness. You would say, hey, sometimes it comes up heads three times. So I, I would more put it towards that. I do agree with Herbie's point about the confidence in this thing because uh, the Bengals do. I think a lot of other teams might get a little caught up in the Chiefs. You know, you're, you're facing the Chiefs, you play at Arrowhead, 
And this Burrowhead thing is the perfect example of that. Those guys do not care. They're saying, hey, we're going to call your stadium after our quarterback because we think we are the baddest boys in town, that sort of thing. So they do have that comments coming, and I think that does help them. But a couple things uh, going into this game. We talked so much about the pass games for both these teams for good reason. I think the run games are going to make a huge difference. And I'm the guy that says, you know, pass game is the ultimate trump card in the NFL. It beats anything. It's what you want. But if you look at both these teams, what are the Bengals doing against the Bills when we talk about them punching them in the mouth? The biggest thing then is they ran the football. They ran it down their throats. And so Herbie had a great point about Mixon and Pirine earlier about, uh, you know, those being that being a big matchup for the Chiefs. They did not stop the run very well against the Bengals. And Joe Burrow loves to get the ball out of his hand quickly, especially with that O-line. So if the Bengals are gaining six to seven yards on first down, keeping it in second and short, getting Joe Burrow where he doesn't have to hold the ball for three or four seconds with his offensive line, that keeps Cincinnati on schedule, and that is kind of a detriment to the Chiefs, who would love to get after him. And it brings me to a second point, which is Chris Jones. We heard Chris Jones from last June say, this is the game, unprompted. He said, this is the game that is motivating me this offseason. I missed Joe Burrow on a couple of sacks. This is why I'm coming back this year being motivated. He's a top three defensive player in the NFL. He was motivated. He has no postseason sacks in 13 games. This is the game he needs to step up. This is the game he basically promised he would step up. He's getting Chiefs Bengals again in the AFC Championship game, whatever it is, seven months after those words. One other note, I mentioned the run game for the Chiefs. You know, you want to talk about them taking pressure off of Mahomes, however good he is. Isaiah Pacheco gives a different dimension to this run game. He runs angry. And we saw how he, uh, with Chad Henney on the field, had one of his biggest runs last week. The other thing about this Cincinnati Bengals defensive line, it's okay, but the Chiefs interior offensive line is really good. So if they figure they can go out there and help out Mahomes or want to do things to help Mahomes, which they did last week against Jacksonville, if they're, they're kind of motivated to do that, the run game's a big thing. Watch the tight ends, guys. The Chiefs have been really successful with their three tight end sets. I know Herbie loves his 13 personnel. Heck, maybe Jody Fortson will come back this week, and there'll be some 14 personnel out there. But the Chiefs last year, one of the big things we talked about, the Bengals dropping eight. Hey, they're daring homes to throw all these coverages. One way to counter that is that the way that the Chiefs have been playing better offense this year, which is under center, power run game, run it down your throat, and Isaiah Pacheco. So I look at both these run games. I think that's really important in this game with two offenses that really love to, to throw it and have two really great quarterbacks. And to, to, real quick to Jesse's point about Chris Jones, that's something that the Chiefs have to take advantage of this week. Joe Burrow was sacked 41 times this past season. And that's like in the top five of most, most times sacked uh, by opponents on a single quarterback. Last year, he was sacked 55 times. They have to affect the passer. That means big games from Chris Jones, Frank, playoff Frank Clark, George Karloftis, Carlos Dunlap, and Mike Dana have to be a factor in this game. Well, and it's great if your defensive lineman can do it, Herbie, but we've seen lately with some of the dime personnel that uh, that Spagnuolo puts out there with the six defensive backs, he's bringing them from all over. And, and Spagnuolo has the reputation of being one of these playoff type guys who can scheme things up in a certain way and get free rushers you go back and watch Jalen Watson's interception last week they schemed up two free rushers on that one uh one up the middle and that led to Jalen Watson his one-handed interception so Steve Spagnuolo can get into his bag potentially against the Cincinnati's offensive line it's kind of scattered right now you know they've got some injuries those sorts of things you gotta get into third and long first though I mean it doesn't work on third and one you can't do those sorts of things so can Chiefs get the Bengals to third and long if that's the case then I definitely like their chances that Watson interception came uh, with a broken hand, as Jesse found out this week by working the locker room at Arrowhead Stadium. So a final key to this game, uh, this will be the first Chiefs-Bengals game that I've covered in person. So 0-3 when I'm not there, 
we'll see what happens uh, this uh, on Sunday night. So great stuff, uh, Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell. Uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We talk Chiefs, and we talk it with folks in the media who know them best. Today, that's Vahe Gregorian and uh, Sam McDowell. We're here at Arrowhead Stadium. Hey, thanks for joining us at a different time. We usually come to you on Thursdays at 10 a.m. We decided to push it back until a little after 1 o'clock today because of interviews here at Arrowhead Stadium as, as the Chiefs prepare for the AFC Championship game on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals earlier, just a, just an hour or so, we heard from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the coordinators, Dave Tobe, Steve Spagnola, and Eric Bieniemy, plus Jarek McKinnon and Legereus Sneed. We'll talk about what we heard, and we'll talk about it with you. Send us questions and comments and talk AFC Championship game with us. Okay, guys, um, second day in a row we heard from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, I think on the maybe the best way to characterize it is after the first day, we all felt uh, there would not be any doubt that Patrick Mahomes was going to play in the game. And so he goes through a practice on Wednesday after we spoke uh, for a podcast uh, yesterday and he goes through a practice. And so we get that update today. Right. Um, Patrick Mahomes goes through a, a workout on Wednesday and. You know, there, once again, it's it's not an unequivocal, you know, everything's fine. Um, it, it's 100 percent. You're not going to hear that from Patrick Mahomes. But I, I think, um, you know, as, as, as I wrote, he the bounce back continues and he kind of took another bounce forward again today. Is Sam, is that a fair characterization? Just he says he's improving every day and we just we're just going to have to wait and see on on, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think that last part is the key, Blair, because there's some things that he even acknowledged, and it was actually to one of Vahe's questions, that he can't really test in the practice-like setting. I mean, it's not at full speed. It's not like you're scrambling away from from uh, a pass rush very frequently during a practice session. So those are the types of things I think he's going to be most inhibited, and those are the types of things we probably aren't going to know, and he actually probably isn't going to know until he gets in a game setting on Sunday. So everything you said, though, remains accurate that, you know, I think he the most telling thing he said today was he feels better than he expected today. He felt better going through that practice yesterday than he anticipated. I think a lot of his anticipation is just based on the nature of this injury, which is that this is usually a multi-week injury that he's trying to just play in eight days. It was interesting, Blair, too, just to follow up, kind of amplify that point with Sam. I mean, Patrick himself said, um, I guess I'll see on Sunday. I mean, he 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 uh, he 
certainly doesn't seem to be giving any ground on whether he's going to be ready and, and things of that nature. But I think he also is being realistic that you can't really know the parameters of this until it's tested in that setting. Um, so it's funny kind of thinking about this as we go now, because it were, you know, I see some people saying, well, Mahomes will be just fine. Well, he's really not going to be, depending on the context of how you think of that, it, it, I, I don't think anybody should be suggesting that, you know, he'll be unbothered, right? I mean, he could be okay and he could make it work just fine, but he's not, he's not going to be playing with at full capacity and whatever he does will be despite this, not, not, not to be forgotten, I guess is, is sort of what I'd like to make the point of saying. Yeah. He, um, uh, it, you know, it happened late in the second or in the second quarter of the Jaguars divisional round game. And uh, and then, of course, he he finishes the drive in which it happens. Right. Because that ended in the field goal, uh, the Butker 50 yard field goal. It, then he misses the next drive, which is the 98 yard touchdown drive led by Chad Henney. And then the Chiefs get it back for one final snap, uh, a kneel down before halftime. And that was Henney as well. Mahomes comes out and plays the entire second half against the Jaguars. And. Um, you know, plays effectively, but in a limited way, right? I mean, Mahomes uh, likes to work outside the pocket. I don't remember a play in which he went outside the pocket against the Jaguars. He did have a scramble. He he did, you know, run for a first down on a third, and I can't remember the distance. wasn't far, but he got first down on it. And um, but we, we, it's like we didn't see him get te- to test his mobility. And that is the concern for Sunday, right? It's 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 Mahomes' mobility, and all the damage he can do with with that. I mean, you think about the, you know, the 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 crazy touchdown passes that he's thrown this year, and some of his bed, best red zone operations have been with his is because of his mobility. So that's what I think about when I consider what we might end up seeing on Sunday that um, if his mobility is limited, that in, in, in many ways limits the, the chief's offense. Am I right? I, I'd urge anybody, any of our audience that hasn't seen it already to be sure and uh, check out Sam's piece from yesterday um, that really uh, explores in depth what Patrick's up against through the informed eyes of uh medical trainers and, and doctors and, you know, they have not treated Patrick, but they understand the, the ramifications of this injury. And I, where everything you just said is, is how it's going to be up in the air until then. And, and Sam really lays it out. Well, I just, just wanted to plug that. Thanks. Bye. It, it is one of his great separators, right? I mean, but it's what makes him different than some of the even elite quarterbacks in the game is that he can turn something or nothing into something. And that's the piece of it. I'm not sure not only whether about his ability to do it, but whether or not the Chiefs are even going to ask him to do much of it on Sunday. I think it's pretty obvious that Andy Reid is going to have to alter the playbook a little bit, whether that means more quick passes, stuff that – you know, prevents a pass rush from affecting his game or not. I don't know, but that's kind of my, my prediction for what we're going to see Sunday is a lot more of the quick hitting stuff. You know, what's also used that term great separator, Sam, and it made me think of the other thing that is the, again, the drama and the variable of, of Sunday. He's really distinguished himself as a guy who's 
been able to rebound from injuries, play fairly well from injuries that, you know, either right in the moment or through information we learn later might well have been incapacitating. And that's part of this formula. We don't exactly know how it fits until we see it on display, but no doubt that that's part of it. What do you do if you're the Bengals? What, uh, how do you change things up? What, uh, do you, uh, do, do you bring more pressure? They, they've, you know, they've affected the chiefs offense with pass rush. They're, they're, you know, they've got some guys, they got some dudes. So what, what if you, what are you doing if you're the Bengals? Yeah, they've affected them with pass rush despite not bringing extra numbers. Um, so, you know, if I'm the Bengals, I, I don't alter that. But because if the Chiefs are going to be getting rid of the ball quickly, it, it's kind of irrelevant if you bring five or six guys. You're just opening up the back end of the defense, which, you know, if you're throwing quick passes, the idea is to get the yardage after the catch, right? So I would not take guys out of my secondary to put them in the backfield if I'm the Bengals. I, I think – if anything, you could potentially see the safeties work a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. Perhaps you see some more bump and run stuff. The Bengals have always played Travis Kelsey very physically. And I think as much as they're emphasizing today um, or this week throughout practice, I guarantee you their number one emphasis is you can't let Travis Kelsey get a free release off the line of scrimmage on Sunday. Yeah, look, that's how he – that's largely how he ended up with 14 receptions against the Jaguars last week, a career, a career high and had a big impact on the game, no matter who was playing quarterback, right? Mahomes or, or Chad Henney. Can you guys think of at any time during um, uh, the, the, the last five seasons with Mahomes as a, as a starter that the, 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 the chiefs won a game without, you know, with, Mahomes not doing Mahomesian things. Just um, I, I'm having a little trouble coming up with one. Maybe I'm just missing. Well, we had the we we had the game in Buffalo where the the Bills forced them to run the ball a lot, so they did. Um, so I think that was one. He did have a couple of scramble plays still in that game. Um, but you're right, Blair. I mean, this is the reason for the number one ranked offense in the NFL is because of what that guy does, and a lot of what that guy does is off script and off platform. And I think we're going to see him stick to the script a lot more than we probably ever have because the ankle's going to force him to play that way. And Steve Spagnuolo said something interesting today that I guess it actually probably was, was not that interesting, but I thought it was the most true statement we heard today, which is um, he said, we're going to have to play our best game of the year. And that's how I feel that this game is going to turn is if the Chiefs defense plays well enough to where the offense can get by without having its best guy. I really like that Buffalo example. That was the game they played up there uh, in front of no fans, right? It was the pandemic year. And uh, Mahomes had good moments. I remember he clinched the game on a, on, on a long third down pass. I want to say it was to Byron Pringle. That was a little bit, you know, kind of surprising. It was Pringle on the receiving end of that. But, uh, uh, but, but you're right. That was a, statistically wasn't, wasn't outstanding. The, the Chiefs ran the ball. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a good game. Uh, Chiefs ran the ball well, and uh, that might be a you know just serve as a pretty good example to how the Chiefs can win a, a game against a tough opponent without Mahomes racking up the big numbers. What's well, really we forgotten that? Go ahead, Sam. Well, I was just gonna say real quick, just to what Blair just said. I think we've forgotten that the Chiefs did run the ball so well against Cincinnati a year ago in this same setting. It was just that they refused to do it more frequently, and so you know, it, I think. 
the Bengals might be more prepared for something like that because they might adjust to knowing that Patrick Mahomes can't fully do everything he's going to want to do on Sunday. But if they don't, that was an option last year, and this year they're going to have to take it if it's an option. What's interesting about that is, you know, you're right. The Bengals have to prepare more for that uh, likelihood or at least scenario. But in a certain peculiar way, it, it, it may also force the Chiefs to do something that will work better for them. May. And I just think it, it's such a great cat and mouse to this whole thing. And, and obviously each side will be adjusting. But I do think there's a, a, a real possibility that, that this plays to the Chiefs' uh, different sort of strengths. And you think about the things that haven't gone right for the Chiefs in the games against the Bengals. Um, you know, we keep you hear all the coaches, and we heard it again today, saying we've got to cut down to mistakes, can't make mistakes. Well, there was the one game that, that had the big turnover, right? It was the last one, the most pre, the previous game. You know, I, I think they were losses all by a field goal, of course. Uh, I think they happened for different reasons. Um, I thought one of the good points that was made today – uh, that we heard had to do with concentration. And uh, I think it was Spagnuolo talking about it uh, when it comes, when it comes to the defense, I, I think that applies to everybody uh, on, you know, on this chiefs team, there's no um, against this Bengals team. And in the situation the chiefs are in with Mahomes limited, possibly limited that um, you, you can't give anything away. The, you, the Bengals are too good as we saw last week in the, in the win over Buffalo in, in Buffalo and as they've done to the Chiefs uh, three times in the past two seasons, you cannot, you can't give them an inch. They will take full advantage of it, and uh, they are they're that good, um, and and, uh, and and prove proven it time again. I'm wondering if there's anything that you guys heard uh, today or in the last two days that that stuck with you from from either a coach or a player um, when it, when it just comes to if nothing else, a key to victory. Well, I, I think it's been purposely dry at the, the podium these past couple of days. Um, it's it's not lost on these guys that the Bengals have taken the opposite approach this week. And it's been very evident that likely from Andy Reid, but whomever it's come from, the message has been, we're not giving those guys the same thing they're giving us this week. Um, so I really haven't heard anything of that nature. But Blair, I'd add on to your last point that as far as not giving an inch, that stuff has to apply to the coaching staff as well. Because if you look back at these last three losses, particularly the last two, the coaching played a role in those two losses. Mm -hmm. Now, the way it played a loss in Cincinnati was not leaving Patrick Mahomes on the field. And that might not be the same calculus because of his injury he's going through. But play calling was, I, I thought Andy Reid had perhaps his worst game as, as a Chiefs play caller that AFC championship came here last year. So I think there's a lot of players that whether they want to admit it or not, are really excited that this is the opponent they're getting in this game. But I think the coaches should be too. Um, just to add to Sam's point, when we think about mistakes, I mean, turnovers are the things we think about first, but absolutely game management slash clock management. And some of that was on, I, I don't, I haven't reviewed it freshly recently enough, but some of that was obviously on Patrick too, but they really blew those scenarios at the end of each of the halves last, last season. They just blew them. And that was one way or another mismanagement of the scene. And they win that game if they handle either of those, right? I mean, that that's, I believe that's hundred percent true. And that's kind of what's interesting about this 
take nothing away from the Bengals. They were really good, and they might just be a better team. But you can point to in each of those games specific strategic points as well as key mistakes that really are self-inflicted by the Chiefs. And something that you you just don't expect. You know, look, having having all the talent that the Chiefs have, um, maybe occasionally glosses over uh, a mistake or you know, compensates for a mistake. But I, I think back to the, uh, the, the the AFC title game last year and the way the first half ended and how um, uh, it just um, just just blew, like a like a cigar in the face, right? Just just totally blew up on the Chiefs. And then um, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I didn't. I wasn't here. I didn't cover the game. Just watching from TV. Um, the end of regulation when the Chiefs got inside the. Didn't they get to the five and and have some some play calling? errors then and, and uh, ended up that's when they ended up having to kick the field goal to send it to overtime instead of being presented this after everything in the second half was a disaster for the Chiefs having this grand opportunity to make up for all of that and, and play called their way into a you know into not a not so chip shot field goal to, to send it into overtime and then of course Mahomes had the pick in in overtime that led to the the, the game winner game winning points by the Bengals. It's it's really a reflection of the little things mattering. I mean, the, the cliches mattering. I mean, I, I would think that uh, it would not even surprise me if a, if a coaching staff stood up in front of the team and tried to emphasize that point and said, hey, look, we didn't get the little things right. And any of these three times we played the Bengals, though, you know, the, the first game, which we kind of forget because they've subsequently lost this team twice, was them not letting the Bengals score at the end of regulation to try and give Patrick Mahomes the ball one more time they have sort of jacked up the way that they've played this team in the fourth quarter three consecutive times and Blair you had that that great stat um was it 31 to 3 that the Bengals have outscored them in these last three fourth quarters yeah well if you if you you gotta you gotta add like 14 seconds of a third of the third quarter for one of those but yeah yeah and if you throw in overtime it's 34 to 3 so that is that absolutely shouldn't happen to an Andy Reid coached Patrick Mahomes quarterback team. Well, one other thing with that too, to just add to the the tone setting first game, as Sam just reminded us of, you know, there was a third and 27 in that game that got the Chiefs beat. I mean, that, that the Bengals converted on third and 27. The Chiefs also had a, I think it was right. Also a coach, also a coaching error. Hey, I mean, that, that fits yeah. into this thing too. Yeah, that's right. And, um, I believe it was right before half Byron Pringle returned a, a kickoff for a touchdown. Maybe it was a punt. I can't remember for sure, but it was called back for a, a holding penalty. Um, and I, I seem to recall the penalty was not at the point of, uh, you know, being relevant to the play. I might be remembering that wrong though, but that it, it's funny that game in the way is the least pertinent of all these. Um, the AFC Championship last year relates, obviously, because of the stakes and the rematch and the most recent game relates. But I do think in some weird way that the tone for what's happened these last couple of games was a little set in that in that collapse from a 18 point or 14 point advantage in Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm trying to think um, uh, something that was, was going to say something else happened in that since the game, the the. Last year's regular season game in Cincinnati that was just mind-boggling. That, that you, I, I can't come up with it. Uh, oh well, I tell you, 
one, one thing that something that I think about with with this game are the, the potential for defensive pass interference um, with I, I listen. Yeah, they're not rookies anymore. Technically, they are rookies. Uh, the you know the uh, Watson, Williams, Cook, you know guys in the in the in the back defensive backfield going up against Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Boyd and and even the the possession receiver uh, and plus the the tight end Hurst. I mean Cincinnati. We I, we spent a lot of time talking about how good the Jacksonville receivers receiving core was. Nobody's better than Cincinnati. Nobody. I mean they're they're fantastic, and um, and and I, I think that um, they will they will take advantage of the, the youth of, of the chief secondary. I think that's going to be a, another important matchup for, for the chiefs on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, Jamar Chase has a way of making a 10 year veteran look like a rookie. So yeah. um, what's interesting about the Bengals is they, they do it um, quite differently than the way the chiefs operate. They don't run a lot of motion, but they will line up Jamar Chase in a lot of different spots. So um you know, we've seen LeJarrius Sneed, the Chiefs' best corner, shadow some guys this year. But it's been in situations where it's not only been that they've had a top guy, but there's a pretty significant falloff between wide receiver one and wide receiver two. The Bengals don't have that because you can argue T. Higgins is maybe a borderline wide receiver one himself, and then you've got Tyler Boyd in the slot. So I think you're still going to see LeJarrius Sneed and his versatile role more than the shadow cornerback role, which is going to leave. Jamar Chase with some rookies on the outside, particularly Trent McDuffie. And, you know, I, that's one of the reasons I asked Spagnuolo today about blitzing is because teams don't blitz Joe Burrow. He's getting rid of the ball much quicker. You know, he's actually blitzed less frequently than Patrick Mahomes is this year. And we know how adverse teams are to blitzing Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow sees pre- extra numbers even, um, even less. So, Steve Spagnuolo is going to have a real decision to make because we know he likes to blitz. We know he likes to be creative with those blitzes. A lot of them are with defensive backs, and I just don't think this is a wide receiver group that you can afford to take away a defensive back just to try and add pressure, which means the game's going to have to come down to Chris Jones has to put pressure. The Bengals like to double-team Chris Jones. If that's the case on every snap, then guys like Carl Loftus and Frank Clark are going to have to win one-on-one. Just to reiterate that point and – remind our audience of the way the Chiefs have improved at the pass rush this year, going from 29th in the NFL last year to second this year, from 55 to 31 in the regular season, but still only getting one when they played the Bengals before, uh, just the same as last year. That I don't think that'll cut it, no matter how much you can be effective in the pass rush without actually getting the sack. Um, they, they, they need to take them down a few times. One other quick thing, Blair, you mentioned uh, the, the prospect of uh, – pass interference penalties, I I find myself very cognizant of the, the kind of simmering bad blood between these teams. And um, as much as the Chiefs are kind of, you know, seeming to hold everything in and hold everything back while the, the Bengals babble on and on this week with trash talk, I, I think that's going to be uh, going back and forth a lot on the field. And I, I really do I find it easy to picture somebody having a, a really bad moment for uh, either team uh, and getting a, a penalty that reflects that, that stuff. It's, it's, it's to me, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I just wonder if it'll be at a key part of the game. Paul says tons of pass interference or illegal contact penalties. And it was the same ref, Ron Torbert. So um, yes, uh, there, there is, 
you know, Legereus Sneed today came to the podium and had a chance to uh, talk about the Bengals. Nothing but, but, but compliments. And um, it's kind of what we've heard all week from 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 Chiefs players about uh, about the Bengals. So um, John says it all comes down to the offense and defensive lines. Joe Tooney didn't play last game and that made it hard for um, OBJ. So, yeah, look, I, I, I think for the chiefs, the offensive line is critical. They've got to, they got to run. They got to bleed clock. They got to keep Burrow off the field. They got to keep Mahomes protected. Um, I, chiefs did a pretty good job of that in the second half of the, uh, of, of the Jaguars game. You know, I don't, I don't remember Mahomes going down, really getting hit. Um, and that was addressed today too. So, Hey, you know what, you guys, we're not going to have another chance to get together like this until after the game on Sunday. So it'll be, you know, it'll be into the evening, right? 6.30 start. We probably won't come to you until about midnight or a little bit, um, uh, you know, maybe around midnight because of uh, if the Chiefs win, trophy ceremony on the field, that sort of thing. So let me ask you, how do you – you don't have to pick a winner, but how do you think this thing unfolds? Um, it, it's It's been a crazy line, as our colleague Jesse Newell has uh, written about. Go read that story. It was a really good job. Jesse talked to odds makers about why – the line has shifted as much as it has. And um, what is it? What's, what's the, the, the latest update? Are the chiefs a, a slight favorite now, Sam, do you know? Yeah, the chiefs have moved back in front, which I think we, we had the three of us in the press box had anticipated whenever it was listed that Patrick Mahomes was a full participant. I mean, listen, the, the chiefs I think would be, you know, in the five to six point range today, if Patrick Mahomes was healthy. And I kind of have it, had envisioned this game where the Chiefs won pretty handedly against the Bengals. And I know the Bengals looked great last week, but um, the Patrick Mahomes injury obviously changes that. I mean, it changes the line, but it all has to change your thinking on the way the game's going to go as well. I tend to think it's going to be a lower scoring game than we've seen when these two teams have matched up the last three times. Um, so still uh, still on the fence about the, the, the winner. Um, we'll see that in, uh, in my prediction tomorrow, but um, I do think it, it's got the potential to be a little bit of a lower scoring game than what we're used to seeing with these guys. Okay. I predict that Sam will once again use the term coin toss game, um, <laughs> and as he should, because I, I, I think this is going to be on uh, the line of something that, that razor thin. Um, I suppose, it, to me, it's hard to envision it not coming down to the last couple minutes. Uh, I think it'll be more like the exact sort of set of scores we've had, a little higher scoring than Sam thinks, probably again in that 27-24 range with one team about to score at the end. And do they get it? Stay tuned. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm Bengals. I just – I was so – impressed with their performance last week in Buffalo uh, and look, look playing in the snow, you would think would be a big bills advantage. I thought it would actually help the Bengals last week playing on footing that was uncertain, but, um, but I can't, I just can't get it out of my head um, that uh, how, how good the Bengals are. We all, we, we always talk about motivation. I do think the chiefs have some motivational advantages here, lost three in a row to this team. They knocked them out of the, um, out of the playoffs last year, denied the trip to the Super Bowl. John likes the Chiefs by two scores. Okay, that'd be Chiefs fans would take that. Um, but the Bengals also have motivation. They they lost a heartbreaker in the Super Bowl. I think this season has been geared toward avenging that outcome. And um, my other prediction is, no matter who wins on Sunday in Kansas City, that team will win the Super Bowl. I think these are the two uh, best teams left in the NFL. So. 
All right. Hey, uh, Vahe and Sam, we will talk to you guys on Sunday. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to George Howard, who, in addition to shooting all the video that you see on the Stars website from the Chiefs this week, he produced the live stream on Thursday and today's podcast. Tip of the cap to the best coverage crew when it comes to the Chiefs, columnists Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian, and beat writers Jesse Newell and Herbie Teope. Hey, I start my days by reading the morning sports edition on the Stars website. Today it was 43 pages of Chiefs, NFL playoffs, NBA, NHL, college basketball, the Australian Open, everything that happened in sports. We got you covered. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll have complete coverage of the AFC Championship game around midnight on Sunday on Sportsbeat Live. Be sure to tune in on all of the Stars channels. Until then, have a good weekend.